Glamorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia, the podcast that wishes there was pizza in the staff tea room. Welcome to episode 17 of Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. I have been looking forward to this chat for ages. Today we've got our first international guest on the podcast. Woo! <laughs> oh, Bridget. We have Bridget. <laughs> Bridget is a nurse from Mississippi in the USA and she's joined us today to chat about the differences in nursing in America versus Australia. So thank you, Bridget, for coming along. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm Bridget. I am... 29 years old. I am a nurse in Mississippi. I have been a nurse for this is my seventh year of nursing. I have a husband who is a, he works for a company called Soccer Shots. They coach soccer for kids two to eight. He absolutely loves it. And then I have a little girl who is four, um, going on 40. She's, <laughs> she's so, so much cute. <laughs> I follow you on yeah. Instagram. I followed you on Instagram for years like pre her being born I'm pretty sure yeah and she's yeah. like the cutest no and Bridget 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 yes your Christmas countdown with the outfits for your daughter she does an out a different outfit every day Christmas themed and I'm obsessed with Christmas and yes. it's, every year I'm like this is so good well I've only just started following you so okay. um I'll have to keep an eye out at Christmas yeah, yeah I've, I've been doing it every year I'm a Christmas Eve baby so I um oh. I, so I've always loved Christmas as well. So that's awesome. It's the order she gets, the harder it is to get the picture. Yeah, my, my <laughs> eight-year-old would not let us do that. <laughs> so what um what do you do? What kind of specialty are you in? What field I, are you in? I'm an ICU nurse um, in critical care. It's a medical unit that I work in, um, an eight-bed unit. We have everything from just respiratory failure to sepsis to strokes, heart attacks, um, kind of a hodgepodge we have been um COVID uh, COVID units yep since back in April um we got a little break over the summer and then it's it's still been a majority of COVID oh that's crazy yeah it it has been Um, have you had a lot of um like deaths from the from COVID yes um oh god it's been it's definitely been trying um probably the hardest year of nursing I've had can I ask have you had COVID yourself I have not. Um, I have been very fortunate. None of my immediate family has had it. Um, That's amazing. I I just kind of expected that nearly every healthcare worker in the US would probably have been exposed and have been like have contracted it because it's um, so contagious. We've been been fortunate. Um, I know that I'm sure you've heard about like the PPE shortages. Mm. Our facility was was okay. Um, Do you work in the private or public? Is there private and public in the US? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Yes. Um, ours is like a, it's a not-for-profit, um, hospital. Yeah. So it's more, I guess. And you've had adequate amounts of PPE Mm -hmm. in your hospital. That's good. Mm -hmm. I suppose it's nice and reassuring to know that you're going to work and you feel safe. Like I imagine that there's probably a lot of nurses that don't feel safe when they're going to work over there at the moment. For sure. Yeah. Um, like our N95 mask, I think we, we use them longer than normally, Yeah. but, um, we've, we've seemed to have plenty. I think we got a new one each week. So Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Which sounds so weird to ask because we, yeah, we've just had this fit testing program that's now uh, Mm -hmm. mandatory across our state. And um, they literally like use three on us and throw them away as soon as they're like fit tested them and they go in the pre pre COVID. That's how we were. We have a fit test every, every year. And like thinking about all the N95s, we just 
thrown away wasted yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. crazy so have you had have you had fears about going to work you know over the last sort of 12 months I think my fears weren't necessarily that I would get it but that I was so terrified that I would get it and then give it to someone yeah absolutely especially you've got a child at home Mm -hmm. I have a child at home husband at home um he he was able to stay home but still had to work some and so my in-laws helped with with caring for and luckily we all stayed safe but that's um, awesome yeah hopefully it stays that way did you have any yeah. routines like when you got home from work? Did you do any like safety strip off shower yes. before you saw anybody or? Mm-hmm. Well, at work we changed into surgical scrubs. So like I would change scrubs at the hospital. And even though coming home, I, I have a laundry room like right off the garage. So I would just change in the garage, put them right in the washing machine and then come in and shower. That's yep. good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We started doing that because we like we run a just a COVID testing clinic and mm-hmm. a lot of the staff started doing that. They would come in, change into scrubs, do the clinic and then because you pretty much end up soaked in sweat anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then they would get changed. And, and it's hard, I guess, because we do the COVID testing clinic and then continue to work on the ward like it's staffed by ward staff. So I guess it was that going out, testing people that were symptomatic of COVID and then coming back to nurse people that are probably immunocompromised. Um, yeah, so I think we started doing that just yeah. off our own back, like it wasn't even a recommendation. Yeah. We were like, no, we're just going to do that. <laughs> I had no exposure to anybody that could have possibly had COVID. No, because you're <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> working in oncology, you'd have to be. And we live in rural, yeah. like we live in a country town in our state. Okay. So, um, we didn't have, we don't have huge numbers. I mean, we don't have huge numbers in Australia anyway, but we don't, we didn't have very many numbers around us at all. So, um, whilst there were times where I felt really nervous about COVID, I actually never felt at risk ever. So I can't imagine working on a COVID ward, being exposed to patients every day. And I imagine that those patients that you had in your ICUs, they would have been like really critical and dying and they didn't have family present. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah. Well, they cool. didn't. Um, a lot of ours were on the ventilator. So I'm, I'm not sure if they realized it or not. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, we made special like circumstances for end of life care and would let like one to two family members come back yeah like, yeah oh god that's so hard but we I mean a lot of the patients we had were there for months really oh, that pressure on like, one day, unit yeah. too. Mm. and once they got a little bit better I mean no there was nowhere for them to go just because mm. they still weren't they were still pretty critical still even on the vent and um but it's it's been a lot and, and how then, obviously, all of the patients in your COVID unit are COVID positive. So at mm-hmm. what point, like, how does that work transitioning them either into a different ward so that they can, you know, stop contracting, um, I guess? Right. No, I understand. Um, they, uh, it changed several times throughout the whole pandemic, but I think oh. like the current, the current recommendation is after 28 days after their first positive, they're considered recovered. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Even if they're not. being continually exposed in the same ward? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I think, um, and like some people will still, like if you were to re-swab them after the 28 day mark, some would still test positive, but they're yeah. not considered contagious. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. that's interesting. Yeah. Something that's happening in Australia at the moment is where um, starting the rollout of vaccinations for mm-hmm. COVID. And I know that's been happening in America now for a little while. Um, have you had? COVID vaccination? Yes, I've had both doses of the Pfizer. Um, I got the first dose three days before Christmas. Yeah. And then my second one in January. 
Yeah. So probably the question that everyone in Australia wants to know, did you have any side effects? I, my <laughs> arm was pretty sore the first dose, um, just more than like a normal flu shot or um, any kind of shot, probably about three days, but other than that, no, no reaction. And then the second shot, it was sore. And then I ran a low grade temp that night and I was pretty tired. Um, just kind of like the achy um, joints ate, but I took a Tylenol that night, slept. And then the next morning I, I felt fine. Well, that's good. That's reassuring. You're very reassuring. Yeah. So <laughs> were you given the option to have it or was it just, you know, sort of said all healthcare workers have to have it? No, it was definitely optional. Um, a lot of my unit went ahead and, and got it. Um, yeah, of course. For me, I kind of think, oh, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff that they use to make immunizations, like it's all pretty similar. Like they use similar um, ways to develop immunizations and they've been mm-hmm. doing it for hundreds of years mm-hmm. so, or a hundred years maybe. So, um. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think a lot of people were concerned about how fast it was. Yeah. Um, but I think what kind of solidified it for me is the main thing that holds up vaccines is the funding Mm, yeah, um, that's right. Understanding. And so this one had like full funding and that's kind of what was able to speed it up. Yeah. And I, I think there was no red tape either. So like um, I, mm-hmm. I listened to a talk from a um, a doctor that did, that was part of like pro, like trials and things like that. And he was saying that the holdup is always funding, red tape and approvals. And he said COVID vaccination had none of them. It had mm-hmm. plenty of funding. There was no red tape. Everything went through in like a 12 month period when, before it would have gone through two or three years. So, and I feel like too, because COVID is a strain of SARS and we've known about SARS for a right. long time, there's been a lot of, um, you know, in, investigation, I guess, and a lot of processes going into um, immunity against SARS. So I, for me, I was just kind of like, well, you know, it makes sense. Mm. And they already mm. knew so much about SARS and technically this is just another branch That's of strange, SARS. Right. So, yeah. So I, I guess I haven't worried about it that much, but I can see like, the, like at the moment there's protests going on in Australia about people not wanting to be vaccinated and it shouldn't be mandatory and that sort of thing. Um, which Are they making it mandatory like, there? Uh, I don't think so at the moment. They're, they're hoping like the goal is for a hundred percent of the population to be vaccinated mm. by October, I think. Um, which I feel like the rollout <laughs> is already very delayed. <laughs> well, <laughs> Because they said something like they were hoping to have 100 nursing home and um, residents and staff done in the first week and they got 26 done (laughs) (laughs) in our state. So I think... um, I don't. I think they'll struggle to make it mandatory. I don't know about healthcare workers. What where they will be? We've um, only just. It's only in the last year that the flu vax has become mandatory. in is it Australia or is it yeah yeah so that's only like just become mandatory so I think it's it's going to be a long road before right COVID Mm -hmm. vaccine is mandatory although flu doesn't pose like a at the moment we didn't even have a flu season last year because yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so I think flu might even be dead (laughs) 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 Let's get off this for that subject yeah. now. Thanks for telling us yeah. your stuff. That's yeah, really of interesting. Yeah. I guess we want to talk about how to become a nurse in the USA. So in Australia, we have um, we just go to university or we can go to TAFE, which is like... Okay. It's like if you're not real good at school, but you still have goals, yeah. <laughs> you go to TAFE. <laughs> um, and I, you, go, you can do become an enrolled nurse there, which is okay. basically um, you're almost a registered nurse, but you can't do anything um, solo um, and you tend to work 
mostly in like wards and aged cares. Like you would never get a job in an ICU. And you can't really progress. Yeah. We have an LPN that's like that. Yeah, that actually that's that would be the same. Yeah. What does that stand for? Licensed practical nurse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's certain procedures that um, enrolled nurses in Australia can't do. And um, then they can sort of they can progress to an extent, but they can't have sort of leadership and management roles, that sort of thing. Right. Okay. That makes sense. The line and has become good. very blurred. When I, I was an enrolled yeah. nurse to start with back in 2000 when I started, mm-hmm. and I literally couldn't give oral medications. Like that's oh, wow. what, it, but now enrolled nurses can give IV medications. Mm-hmm. So the role has definitely gotten right. um, and more advanced. And that line is a little bit blurred. Obviously, they don't get paid as much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As, nurse so tell us about maybe you just tell us about even about how you became a nurse in your role okay I um I'm a bachelor's degree nurse we have associate's degree nursing and then bachelor's degree when you first come out of school there's literally no difference um an associate's degree is a two-year program and a bachelor's degree is a four-year program um the only main difference as far as your what classes you're taking the bachelor's has um like a more specific pharmacology class an ethics class, leadership class, statistics, a lot of the like fluff classes, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> nothing that's going to prepare you for actually working at the bedside. Mm. Um, but even then, like both of the same nurses, like either program you choose, you take the same NCLEX. Um, so that's kind of weird, but, um, and can you explain what the NCLEX is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the NCLEX is, it's a same, I guess I didn't realize this was not something that every nurse everywhere took but um more of a u.s thing we it's a, just a standardized test um you graduate from your nursing school you get the code and then you schedule to take it after graduation right. um you have to go to a facility all of ours are on the computer i know they used to be paper and like you would have to go and sit like at the coliseum for a couple of days and take it but it's i mean it's been in the computer for years and it's anywhere from 75 questions to 275 questions. Right. So like yes. it's an exam. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a standardized test. It's um, a question, multiple, you have multiple choice questions, um, like a select all that apply. I don't, I don't remember if there's fill in the blank or not, but um, yeah, it's definitely pretty grueling and you don't know like when it's going to cut off. Right. So like you may, like you could get to 75 questions and be done, or you could have to keep going. If you, <laughs> If you get questions right, they keep getting harder. And then if you miss that, then it like bumps back down. Okay. But there's oh, no, so like you know, like, if you get to 200, you're like, I've smashed this. Not necessarily. Oh, oh you're really bad. Like, like a mine cut off at 75. And they, they say like if it cuts off at 75, that means that you you did fine. Yeah. yeah right. But the like the longer you take, it's I guess it's kind of trying to figure out. Oh, oh okay. God. It needs more information about you. That's so right, easy. right. And the results of the NCLEX, does that dictate what kind of job you can get or where you can work or anything no, like that? It's not just... at all. It's, 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 it's a pass fail. Oh, really? So you've got to go through all that just to, you, yes. could, you could get a hundred percent. You could. I was, um, I saw yeah, on Instagram that someone had um, failed their NCLEX six times Ooh. and they were, you know, still, they're like, do I keep going? I actually, um, <laughs> no, screenshot. <you> <laughs> Well, if you want to become a nurse, you have to. I have well, one question. Just not good test takers. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not that's a good true. test taker. That it just failed a couple times, and then also have people that did great on NCLEX, but I would never want them taking care of me as a nurse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> so true. I think um, we all had people like that at at school, like for us, is um, mm-hmm. university. It's a bachelor's mm-hmm. degree, um, 
and you all had people like that that <laughs> you're like, how did you even do like, that? I don't know. <laughs> after me. And then you find out they got a job in ICU or something. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> did, do you have to pay to do that test? Yes. The impact of course. Is- Yes. Oh, yes. You have to pay. You pay for your schooling, pass that, and or graduate from that, and then pay for the NCLEX. How, how much is the average cost of a bachelor's to do, like, your bachelor's? Um, obviously, it'll depend on, like, the different types of schools. Yeah. Um, um, I, th- I think it's – oh, I don't even know. I think mine was, like, $2,000 a semester. Yeah. And, it's, so it, and then that's four semesters. I guess. Well, I guess eight semesters because you have your prerequisites before the last two years of nursing school. I guess that's pretty similar then to how much it yeah. costs for us. So although the only difference, like, did you have to pay up front for your, for your nursing school? Mm-mm. I mean, well, you can, or you can take out like loan, like student loans. Oh, yeah. So I guess mm-hmm. we kind of have a student loan system that's run by the government and it's called HEX, which is like mm-hmm. higher education. I don't know. It's, I think it's called HELP now, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Higher education mm-hmm. loan program. Yeah, or loan something, like something that. anyway. So, and then basically. Um, they just take the money out of you taxes every year yeah certain amount so once you start earning a certain amount of money it automatically starts deducting from your wage until it's like to the tax department i reckon it cost me about 20 grand to do my yeah bachelor's so pretty much everyone qualifies in australia for their hex unless they're like a international student then they have to pay up front but pretty much i screenshotted an nclex question that i've saw on Instagram because it made me laugh oh god and I was like oh if you have to answer now I know there's like 75 or more the question was the nurse in the emergency department assesses a client diagnosed with burns which observation most that's bold concerns (laughs) the nurse a redness and swelling with fluid filled vesicles noted on right arm b charred waxy white appearance of skin on the left leg c red and blotchy painful areas noted on the trunk and D, blistering and blanching of the skin noted on the back. Personally, I'd go with B because you don't too. like anything white and waxy. Yeah. That would be the one on the, on the chest maybe. That, was that C? Yeah. Yeah. Does it give you the answer? doesn't give me the answer, which is super annoying. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like. Deep versus superficial, could, I guess. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, it could be any of these. And I was like, I couldn't do a test full of questions like that. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is actually what Australian nurses need because our things mm-hmm. are like. I reckon in our last semester we did a case study. So I knew everything about what a TERP, like a transurethral resection of the mm, prostate yeah. was, but I that was the only surgery I knew anything about. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then my first rotation as a grad, um, so we do a grad program instead of maybe mm. the fourth year at university, you kind of do a fourth year as a graduate and um, you do a program at a hospital for 12 months mm-hmm. and you get to rotate between, well, depending on the hospital, but I went to the surgical ward and I would pick up patients and they're like, oh, they've had a cholecystectomy. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and you feel so unprepared. So I feel like if we had had questions like that, I actually would have maybe known something when I started my grad program. Or you might not have become a nurse. But if I picked up a TERP, I knew everything. <laughs> I knew all yeah. the nursing diagnoses for a TERP. <laughs> Tell us about what kind of shifts you work over there. I So we have 12-hour shifts. Most acute care hospitals are 12 hours. Um, and then I work night shift from, I go in at 6.30 p.m. and then get off at 7 a.m. Mm. Oh. And how many days a week do you do that's, that? That's It's three days a week. Um, our facility is self-scheduling, so I pick which three days for the most part. 
Um, some other people do like seven on, seven off. Um, <laughs> my eyes just <laughs> like popped out of my head. <laughs> yeah. You'd have like literally no life for that week no. that you worked. You just go home. But then it'd well, take you a week to recover. Take- exactly. That's my thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, 12 hour shifts. Yeah. And do you we do eight hour shifts? Yeah, so we have we have a morning shift, an afternoon shift, and a night shift mm-hmm. in 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 a lot of hospitals, but in right. a lot of the really big hospitals, they have random shifts. They might have um a couple of girls on 12 hour shifts and then um a couple of others on um eight hours and you know, crossover shifts and short shifts. And you probably know more about it than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never I've only worked in places that do eight-hour shifts, mm. and then in okay. theatre we did ten-hour shifts. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, okay, yeah. So. You have, I think our surgery does. Uh, you call it theatre. We call it surgery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. But a lot of theirs are um, ten hours. But I like the twelve hours, um, especially because you have three days there, and then you're all for the other four days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. I could do that. Yeah, I don't know about it. Not I could do twelve hours like pre kids and stuff. I think now yeah. I like. Well, now I'm. I've been spent a year Monday to Thursday, 7.30 till 4 during the day. Yeah. So now I have no idea what I could never go back to shift work ever. So yeah, <laughs> I've become one of those nurses. <laughs> what do you love about being a nurse? Why did you become a nurse? Okay, so my whole family is in the medical field. Um, my grandmother actually was a nurse for 42 years at the hospital that I work at. Oh, now. that's so that's cool. That's so cool. It's, it's been nice. Like, You're a, a legacy. Yes. A lot of the older nurses like knew who she was. Um, and so that's nice. Um, I just, the caring for patients, um, seeing them get better. Um, and also like the education of patients and I guess teaching them preventative stuff. Um, I think that's not, that's something in the U S it's not something that's done a whole lot, um, as far as preventative medicine. And I think that's something that I love about it, being able to teach. And um, if that makes sense. I yeah, yeah that's lovely. definitely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I like that too. I do a lot of that with my patients, give them, um, I've just started running a, like a wellness and exercise program um, through the Cancer mm. Council here. And it's um, that lifestyle changes how that can affect healthcare and, and your well-being is so important. I think it's getting better. <laughs> I feel like mm. I'm very good at educating smokers on why smoking is bad for them. <laughs> I feel like I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, while you're here in hospital, would you like to quit smoking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. We, we have like an admission form that you do and it's like basically, that, or do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you have diabetes? Yeah, we- and then we're like, oh, I tried to quit smoking. Well, when's the last time you quit? Uh two days ago <laughs> that, that doesn't really count but okay yeah, I love it when they say they're an ex-smoker and you're like oh how long have you quit oh five days yeah, yeah. oh good yeah. okay <laughs> I'll get you a patch <laughs> do you have any questions about nursing in Australia or now that you've been listening to the podcast I assume you've been listening yeah. to the podcast a little <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so what is y'all's patient ratios over there I think that's a big thing in the U.S. Do you have standardized? It mm. depends on the classification of your service. So if okay. you're, so I think we're, our service is like a level four or something. So technically we're subacute, even though okay. we have like our um, surgery do, um, we have orthopedic surgery, we have gynecology surgery, mm-hmm. and we'd have general surgery, urology. Um, so we technically get acute patients and quite often, you know, um, but it's just the level of service. So um, our 
hospitals actually run by GPs. So our ratios in the morning, so on a morning shift, the ratio for is uh, one to six. And then in the afternoons, it's one to seven. And then on night shift, it's one to 10. But in a big okay. city hospital, it would be one to four, one to four on all shifts. Uh, no, a morning and afternoon. And I think it's one to six or one to eight on a night shift. Mm. Okay. I'm not, I know there's a, another hospital here that's probably a level two that's um, one to four in the morning, one to five in the afternoon and one to oh, eight yeah. in the um, night shift. So it also depends on your ward um, specialty, whether mm-hmm. you're surgical, medical, but we don't, we have standardised ratios to an extent, mm. but there's always rationales around that. Um, if right. you're understaffed or whatever, they'll look at the acuity and say, mm. well, the acuity is low, so therefore you can have, you know, they can they can rationalise around that if you wanted to mm. get mm-hmm. um, technical. But we have really a really strong um, nurses' union, so they're always fighting okay. for um, better uh, ratios for staff. And at the moment there's a big focus on the aged care sector um, in Australia because they've just done a Royal Commission, Royal Commission into aged care and um, the okay. results of that are pretty shocking. So I think there's going to be a big focus and a big change for aged care in the future. But mm-hmm. um, we are we are pretty fortunate really. And and they look at, you know, what resources are available to the service or to the, to the ward, I guess, um, and sort of take it from there. So it's all in the hospital policies and it's all gone by the unions and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's often a tricky situation and nursing ratios will be one of the biggest um, issues that many nurses have mm-hmm. here, I think. Sure. What's it like over there? Um, I keep saying you? over there, but I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Across the pond. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, it's different for facilities. Um, unions are like state, different states, like yeah. United States is not union so um our facility currently i think the like the med surge units like the floor patients are they're one to eight and then they have yeah there it's um and that's all been recently the icu has been one one nurse to two patients um and we'll occasionally have to do one to three but that's been pretty rare um and then we also have like cnas they're like nurse assistants Mm -hmm. then they'll have we don't have them in the icu but they have them kind of out on the floor that can help so they help with like the, you know, sort of easier tasks. They, right. The like cleaning up patients, feeding patients, they can check blood sugars. Um, oh, that's good. But yeah, other no like mm. medicine. So I, yeah. So I suppose if the ratios are bigger, but you've got someone helping you, like how many nursing assistants are there per? There's usually like one, two, every like 24. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, a it's, it's, help, not, a whole, really? it's not a whole lot. Of, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> We just, we get excited when there's nursing students because I'm like, yes, I don't have to do any of my own obs today. Like, <laughs> well, do, y'all have, do y'all have like respiratory therapists and physical therapists? Like do y'all have? Yeah. So we call it, you call them physical therapists. We call them physio, physiotherapists, okay. physios. Um, mm-hmm. And we have, uh, we don't have respiratory. We do. Do we? Yeah. No, like, oh, we have. So the physios, the the physical therapists will um they'll come to the ward and do respiratory therapy with patients and um like chest physio we call it. Um, so in our service and well in a in a lot of places, the um the allied health. 
people. So the occupational therapists, mm-hmm. physios, mm-hmm. Um, dietitians, diabetes educators, they all are employed by the hospital. Some of them only work on specific wards. But in our instance, ours are community-based and then they have hours allocated to coming to the ward. So um, okay. we put referrals in and they'll come and visit the patients per, they sort of um, triage them, I guess, like um, most important to least important. And yeah, and so we, we are, we're pretty lucky, like we're a small service and we still get mm-hmm. all of that. So a lot of um, discharge planning happens with the right. allied health team. So yeah, and, and people, we're so lucky, like we our community is pretty special like we always say that our our little hospital is special Mm -hmm. because they really really look at what's people's home situation like they look at the holistic healthcare like do they have social Mm -hmm. support and and what kind of services can we provide for them in the home to prevent them from like it's there's so much work that goes into that we are really lucky like the Australian healthcare system is really good and allows for that like we can keep a patient an extra day if their Mm -hmm. home is not right or if um you know, if they've got no one to bring them home, we sort of are a bit like, oh, well, you can stay another night. Like, it's no big deal. But I know, in, you know, in a lot of places, it's not like that. Like, we've got yeah. two big um, regional centres, um, two big hospitals close to us. And the closest one quite often goes to escalation because they have no beds. We we sort of take a lot of overflow from those hospitals as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're really lucky in our service. We get a lot of information about America and American healthcare through memes on nursing <laughs> meme Instagram pages. <laughs> I'm in love with Ebi from Ebi. It's And I'm obsessed with him and I want him just to sit next to my bed at night and tell me a bedtime story. His voice is amazing. He has a podcast. I know. So good. He puts up too many stories. I have a really short attention span. People have too many stories. But some of them... If you get in, like some of the runs on them, like it's, it's terrible. I yeah, so I'm obsessed. And there's another one, propofol, propofol puppy. puppy. Yeah, uh, he's so yeah. funny. <laughs> I do like him. And there's um nurse Liam. Nurse Liam, yeah. Is he? I just love that you guys. That um, I say you guys. I just generalize everybody in America. You do so many <laughs> TikToks and things at work, and I just love them. They just make me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I have one question. Do you really yeah. all have so much pizza? Do they literally pay you in pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just kind of become like a standardized joke. Like the hospital wants you to come in extra, wants you to do this. And they're not offering you anything, but they're like, oh, we have pizza. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's kind of like a joke that we're, we act like we're appreciating you, but we're really not appreciating you. Yeah, that's right. We do that with chocolate and coffee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would rather that than pizza. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Last year for um for nurses, you know, International Year of the Nurse, we got a cookie from our hospital. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a horrible sugar cookie with like a fondant oh, icing no. just that said, you get at weddings and they always taste you. like crap. You're like, thank you. God. Like we're like, just I'd rather a bonus. pandemic. I'd like I'd rather a bonus. <laughs> Right, exactly. And you're on night shift, so do you get anything other than the crust of those pizza? No, no. usually. <laughs> I would rather them throw the whole box of the pizza away and me like not know that they got anything <laughs> than like the little two pieces they leave. Crust dipped in a bit of ranch yeah. dressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish we did. So completely off nursing topic, but in America, you guys always dip your pizza into like ranch. And yeah, think like that that. we don't do that in Australia. It's not a thing. And I'm obsessed with that because I'm a condiments queen. 
And oh, I never dip a pizza. pizza. <laughs> you, couldn't pay, you couldn't pay me enough to dip a oh, pizza. I'm obsessed. I made my own ranch dressing the other week, and I don't know if it tastes like real American ranch because I've never experienced that. But I was like, oh, God, this Ask is amazing. Ask your husband, didn't he go to America? Yeah, my husband went to America um, in 2019 for a month without okay. me on a boy's trip. And he um, went to, well, they flew into LA and then they went across to Nashville and they drove from okay. Nashville down to Dallas. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not really sure. And then they flew to Salt Lake City and drove down to Las Vegas. And when he was in Nashville, he just sent me this, like he FaceTimed me and he's like, look how amazing this is. And I was like, "Uh, it's not that great. And just was like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm busy. (laughs) And I was so, I had all these... Yeah, but I mean, I was very jealous, obviously. Oh, of course. But I was so nervous that he was going to die via gunshot in America, like my whole fear leading up to it, that he was going to get shot in America. And when he was taking out insurance, I was like, you need insurance that will bring your body home. <laughs> like I said to the travel agent. So dramatic. <laughs> but honestly, that's, it's so sad that you have to have that fear. But, but it's yeah. kind of like going to the Philippines and feeling like you're going to be kidnapped. Like it could happen. Like, right, because <laughs> yeah. I suppose it would be like people go, oh, like I don't want to go to Australia, I might get bitten by a snake. Well, like it could happen. <laughs> it could. It totally could. Well, we did want to travel, travel on our nature strip last year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what did you say? Sorry, I, I just I'm just ready to travel anywhere. Oh, mm-hmm. same. Someone um, recently in our little town won lotto. Fourteen thousand dollars, and I was like, "That would no." (laughs) And I was like, "Oh, I mean, that would be a great holiday to wear to Halls Gap, yeah, (laughs) somewhere down. (laughs) I'm like four hours away, but I would love to go to America and just get a um one of like a um what do you call them like an RV camping Mm -hmm. thing, and then just drive all around the bottom of the state. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to Las Vegas or. LA or anywhere like I want to go like to Texas I want to go to New York to I don't want the city city I want it like the country I want to go, right, okay. go to and I want to eat Taco Bell <laughs> do I have Taco Bell no uh, do we oh have maybe Taco we Bell? have do we have one maybe See, but everything Australia tries to rip off from America yeah. they try and make it healthy what did we just oh, get in um we got a Carl's Jr okay I've heard of it we don't have one in Mississippi but I've heard of it yeah, you always get um, takeaway. Um, Why are we talking about takeaway? food? Because it's so good. American takeaway just looks so good. She had this salad the other day that looked amazing. We don't have supersized Macca's. We only super-sized get what? McDonald's. Oh, sorry. oh, That's oh we call. We call everything in Australia is shortened. So like even so, you guys have Burger King, but in Australia it's called Hungry Jacks, and people will say. Okay. Do you want to go to Hungry's? No, we go HJ's. Or HJ's. So everything is like okay. shortened. So McDonald's is Macca's or Mickey D's or. Okay. I've heard Mickey D's. Yeah. Or- like you, no one would call you Bridget. We'd call you Bridge. Bridge. Okay. Yeah. I could live with that. You might yeah. be Bridget if you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else did I have? Yeah, so no supersize. No supersize. It's, e- it's not possible. Our large would probably be your small. Mm. Like it's Cam said it was insane the size of drinks that he was getting in places. The government must be trying to tell us something. <laughs> it's really, yeah, I really want to just go over there and like eat Get a supersize. <laughs> I just want supersize fries. See, we call them chips. Chips. Chips, okay. And potato <laughs> chips are like crisps. Yeah, from a packet. Crisps, okay. And my kid. 
calls everything American terms because she watches a lot of YouTube. <laughs> so she came out the other day and she's like, I've put the diaper on the baby. We don't call them diapers. We call them nappies. Okay. <laughs> don't know why. That's, my child watched a lot of Peppa Pig. So uh-huh. she, whenever we, she called it a holiday and we call it vacation. <laughs> vacation, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 It is so funny the like the terms different terminology. I saw like y'all call it a tea room. I know it's not really nursing, but we call it, we just call it a break a break room. Oh yeah, staff room. No, yeah. yeah, no, we everything's tea for us. It's like if you're having morning tea, afternoon tea, or dinner, it's all tea. Have yeah. you been to tea? Are you going to tea? <laughs> are you going to tea? <laughs> So are you actually drinking tea or is no, it called that? No, no it's just called that. Okay. <laughs> or even it's so bad. It's so bad in Australia that people will actually use the word smoko. So it's like smoke break is like, okay. is, is another way of saying yeah. morning tea or afternoon tea. Are you going to smoko? And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't even, you don't smoke, but you're no. like, yeah, I am. <laughs> like I am going to smoko. smoko. So what is Tylenol? Like what's the actual drug of Tylenol? Yeah. Oh, acetaminophen. Yep, so acetaminophen. We don't have that. Is our paracetamol. What? So we call that Panadol, uh-huh. which is paracetamol, but a paracetamol is acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. What is it? Can you say it again? Acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. Yeah, it's the same thing. I could never see her saying that. <laughs> I'd be screwed. <laughs> like, someone get the Tylenol. That's probably why they all call it Tylenol because it's too hard to say. Do you have ibuprof- like ibuprofen? Mm-hmm. What do it's you call like that? Advil. 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 Mm. Right. See, we, we have Advil in Australia, yeah, but okay. Nurofen, Nurofen is like the more popular one. Yeah. So okay. everybody just calls it I can't Nurofen. believe I'm going to confirm that I'm correct oh, about and the Band-Aids amp- is different oh, too, yeah. isn't it? What do you call like, oh, you you call them plasters or something like the little, little sticky things you put when you cut your finger? A Band-Aid. Oh, they do call them (laughs) Band-Aids. Why did I always think they were called something else? (laughs) Yeah. Paracetamol, also known as acetaminophen. I'm going to (laughs) Google. What do you think I'm saying when I say shit's hit the fan? Like things are going bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You got that one. See, I think we're special. We're probably not. Oh, I know one other question. What is y'all's charting like? Yeah, so that's a good question. <laughs> Depends so where you work. <laughs> yeah, and it's not um, it's not standardized across okay. Australia or across the state, except for the medication charts, which are national. Yeah. Is so, it paper or is it all electronic? Yeah. So our hospital is paper because we're although old school. In my oncology department, we also use electronic because we use um, a program from another hospital because we work under the another hospitals like we're in, um off-site of another hospital um but some hospitals use electronic charting purely electronic others say they're electronic but all that means is that you do the paperwork and then they scan it up onto the computer system <laughs> i don't know what happens to the paper part of it um it's not standardized and even within the state electronic medication like prescribing systems are different across the state. So what we use um, for our oncology patients, other oncology departments in hospitals near us are choosing to use different systems. I don't understand why the government just doesn't standardise it. Mm. It's super frustrating because it makes the sharing of information, information between health services very mm. difficult. But our, our hospital is 100% paper-based. We have to go and collect files every morning. <laughs> we fill out pages and pages of paperwork (laughs) and if we have a patient present to like our er or our 
we have an urgent care center which is like mm-hmm. only run by nurses pretty much um, urgent care centers over there don't you oh do you we do um mm-hmm. yeah there are yeah. so um if a patient presents and they've got something serious going on but maybe they're unconscious or maybe they have you know hit their head and have amnesia or something I don't know but if they can't tell you or even if they just have no idea about their medical history um we have to literally like find out their UR number like from our system that's online actually we do have something that's electronic and then um sort of walk down to the medical records department look through all of the stacks to try and find their paper basing and like a lot of the time if it's during hospital hours you've got admin staff that can go and do that for you but if it's after hours it's this girl (laughs) so it's a bit frustrating in that way because patients will walk in and you'll say oh can you tell me a bit about your medical history and they're like oh I was here the other day you'll have it on file I'm like yeah but it's gonna take me 15 minutes to get that (laughs) what about um your hospital it's all electronic um Mm. and so everything we have I think the only kind of paper we have is like stickers they're like, like patient barcodes that you can scan yep. um and then there's like a face sheet that's got like their name address stuff like that yeah but everything else is on the computer um, is that pretty standard for most places in america it is it is um well i say that i think the push for electronic healthcare has only been in the past couple of years mm. um so i think everyone's slowly starting to get there because when i started we still had had charts and like writing orders and stuff yeah. like that it's only been in the past couple of years. And does the system work for you? Like the electronic system? It's Yeah. I mean, it's a lot that I, sometimes I feel like you're doing some repetitive. It's a lot of clicking um, mm. in our current. It would just be easier. I think just sometimes just type a note or like write out a note of like what happened yeah. instead of going and finding all the boxes. But for the most part, it's not bad. Mm. There was one place I worked that did um, electronic. It would be, so they have a computer at the bedside that you've kind of got to log into and then Mm -hmm. check their chart. And you're like, oh, okay, they're due for medications. So then you have to go to the place where all the medications are stored, like in this separate room, log in there and see the medications and the dose and everything, get it out of, and then log into the computer that gives you the medications, log in there, and then um you know dispense whatever you need based on the electronic record then log out of both of those and then go to the patient's room and log in there and so then you check their id and check yep okay i've got those drugs those are the ones i just got out and then give them to the patient and then tick them all off and then log off and like this is mental i'd rather be that's how it was when we first started now we have like in our bat our like id badge that we wear you can like tap and it'll just mm-hmm. log you in yeah oh that's so good yeah Yeah. I think I think actually I think they did end up doing that but Mm -hmm. maybe because I was new I didn't have the tag yeah that's but it's still yeah it's It's still it just seems like a not perfect system I guess Mm -hmm. yeah and and our hospital had talked about it um and they were like we actually just want to wait till another hospital gets it perfect and then we'll just copy (laughs) (laughs) awesome thanks so much for joining us this was so fun (laughs) it has been a good chat I feel like we could just do this every week like yeah (laughs) don't forget to follow us on social media and if you love our podcast please leave a review on whatever listening platform you use our Instagram is at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. Send us suggestions, stories, and anything you like to our email, humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous like the bone, H U M E R U S at gmail.com. Bye. 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 <laughs>